0: Today, we're continuing our Stop Over Drinking series with special guest, Jordan McCarter, who offers up unique insights into farming and the production of alcohol. His insights will definitely make you think twice about where you get your wine from. Welcome to Man in the Arena, your go-to podcast for all things related to health and weight loss for men over 40. Here, we discuss strategies that will get you off the sidelines and into the game so you can achieve your optimal health. It's time to lead a legacy of longevity. Hello and welcome to Man in the Arena. I'm your host, Craig Spear. I'm a men's health and weight loss coach, and I'm super excited today because I'm bringing in a special guest, Jordan McCarter, who is the founder of June Regenerative Agriculture, and he's on a mission to rebuild the health of North American soils using natural and sustainable methods. Jordan's also a former client of mine, and he has had an unbelievable transformation. He's lost more than 80 pounds, and he's just living a way healthier life. I'm excited for you to learn more about Jordan's mission, his story to improve his health, and most importantly, how you can drink better wines that won't harm your health. So, without further ado, Jordan McCarter from June Regenerative Agriculture. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on this podcast, Jordan. You know, we've been really focusing the last few episodes on the impact that alcohol has on people's health. And when I heard about what you were working on and what you've stumbled upon, I just had to have you on the podcast because I think this information is so vital. You know, I spoke about you in the introduction and just mentioned that you're the founder and the president of June Regenerative Agriculture. And so let's just kind of jump in there. Tell us a little bit about what June Regenerative Agriculture is, and we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, for sure, Craig. First of all, thanks for having me on the podcast. You know, very humbling call that we had, you know, to set this all up. So, you know, super cool and happy to be here and, you know, June is a regenerative farmland fund. So we're focused on financing the future of agriculture. And, you know, we're going to do this by acquiring farmland and leasing it to the next generation of farmers. So regenerative agriculture is a bit of a complex thing, but to put it as simply as possible, it's a way of farming that works together with the cycles of nature rather than against them. So there's a whole Movement that's starting all throughout the world of the next generation of farmers looking at putting out more nutrient dense foods and better quality foods. And they need financing support. So that's why we, you know, started this business to give them the support that they need. Wow.
0: Wow. That is amazing. And what led you to get involved in this? Like, how did you come across this?
1: Yeah. So I would say it started. On kind of like a personal journey, just looking for better quality foods and better quality wines and, you know, getting into what that really means. So if we take wine, for example, and, you know, you can have something that's, you know, stunningly beautiful from France or Niagara on the Lake or wherever, but you look behind the scenes and how those grapes are being raised and how the wine's actually being made from those grapes. What you could find is there's lots of synthetic fertilizers in the farm in that vineyard, where those grapes are being sprayed with pesticides and herbicides, and other things to help you know the harvest and the crop. Then once those are actually harvested, they go into the winery and depending on what type of wines be made, different chemical additions can be put into the process. You know those are things like stabilizers, coloring agents, you know, synthetic yeasts, you know, commercial yeasts that, would influence the fermentation to express a certain flavor profile where they may not otherwise taste like that without those additions. So it's an unnatural product at that point. And that's, I think, kind of where I started going with, you know, my wine collecting and my own consumption is, you know, I want to collect and consume more high-quality wines that are cleaner. And when I say cleaner, it's just, you know, no additions in the vineyard and no additions in the winery because that's really what makes you feel well quite frankly like shit the next day is because it's those other chemicals that your liver and kidneys are having to process and triage rather than focusing on processing the alcohol yeah
0: and that's the main reason why i wanted to bring you on because we were talking about this a few weeks ago and you had stumbled across this you know I don't know if it was a document or a list of basically all the different chemicals that get added to a wine. And you started to understand, like, that it's not even the the FDA that controls wine production, I guess, or the sale of wine in the US. So tell us a little bit about, like, what you found and, like, you know, what that process looks like, I guess.
1: Yeah. So it's really interesting. You know, it's after prohibition in the United States, the Treasury Department wanted to control the tax of alcohol production in the US. So they set up a subsidiary called the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, all because they wanted to control the tax. So as kind of farming evolved, you know, throughout the 40s and 50s and 60s, you know, if you're raising grapes in Napa Valley or Washington State or Oregon, you know, you are being sold these different additives in your farming business, right? You know, the salesman will show up and say, okay, this fertilizer is going to help you get more yield. Or, you know, this pesticide is going to keep the bugs away. And what happens is that kind of transfers into the wine and you consume that. And those chemicals have to go through the system in your body to kind of process them. So, if the FDA ever did get involved in alcohol manufacturing in the US, they would have to recategorize probably 80 to 90% of the wine that's on the shelf as an adult beverage rather than wine because it would be so far from what the definition of wine actually is
0: that's crazy and so just imagine the impact that that's having on people's health and their well-being and so you know as a passionate wine drinker yourself how do you start to maneuver around this like do you start to drink wines that are from other countries do you find certain companies that produce wine in a cleaner way like what is the
1: process yeah, that's very much the case. And, you know, it's not limited to just wine. You know, it's just, that's what I understand the best because it's something that I am passionate about. You know, I've been collecting wine for 10 years, but for sure buying wines from, you know, I'll say the old world. It's not specific to the old world, but, you know, places like France and Italy and Spain and Greece, it's just, they've making wine for so long, they never adopted, you know, a lot of these chemicals and a lot of these different, you know, techniques that were being sold to them. So you really have to get into you know, the vineyard or the estate itself. And you have to understand how they're farming, you know, how they're raising the grapes. And then if they're doing that part right, hopefully they're transferring that into the winery and they're making, you know, very clean wines there. Because all you have to do is, you know, okay, uh, it's not all you have to do. I want to give these winemakers more credit, Mm -hmm. but it's you press the grapes and you start the fermentation process. And, you know, the less you do at that point, I think the better quality wine comes up the other end. Because it's a natural process and there's, you know, indigenous yeasts on our skin, on the skin of the grapes. That's all you need during the fermentation process. You don't need these, you know, commercial yeasts that, you know, influence the fermentation to create a certain flavor. You can just do it, you know, with the indigenous yeast on the grapes themselves and just managing that process. So it's definitely changed the way I've been buying wine, collecting wine and drinking wine. I recently enlisted the help of a business partner of mine for an experiment. Where we drank kind of traditional, normal wines that are readily available and that are kind of mass that,
0: produced that have all yeah. those chemicals in them, right?
1: Yeah, that have all those chemicals in them. Exactly. So, you know, and these are chemicals that you can't even pronounce these words. You know, you, <laughs> you've got to be a chemistry major to understand what <laughs> this stuff is. So, you know, I asked him, said, "Look, I need your help to do this experiment. I want to drink, you know, kind of these mass produced normal wines one night and, and see how we feel, and then the next night I want to drink." very clean wines, natural wines, you know, but with no chemicals and see how we feel. So we had quite a few glasses of wine that night. I'm not going to lie, you know, and so I'll say that we did maybe seven glasses of wine of the clean wines and we never got drunk. You know, it was always just a nice buzz Mm -hmm. and, you know, we slept well, there was no red in the face, no congestion, and there was no hangover the next day. So when we got together again, did the normal wines, we each only had maybe four or five glasses of wine. So less wine. And yeah. And So less wine, but we were significantly intoxicated. And I believe that's from the other chemicals that are giving you that intoxication rather than the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And both of us were red in the face. Both of us slept very poorly, waking up every couple of hours. And both of us were hungover. So we drank less wine. And this isn't necessarily a quality thing, too, because they were all similarly priced. Let's say they're all twenty five dollars a bottle. Like nothing was a hundred dollars or five dollars. They were all very similarly priced. And you know, if that's your mark of quality, then you know it was an even playing field. So we drank less wines of the normal stuff, got drunker, and hung over, and just felt generally poor. You know, with the clean wines, we drank more, never got intoxicated. You know, just a nice kind of happy buzz. And we slept well and, and no hangover, so it was really interesting to see that experiment.
0: Yeah, that's super fascinating. And I remember you saying how one of the reasons why a lot of these wine producers will add these chemicals is so that they can get a consistent flavor profile. So it's consistent right. year to year, yield to yield, and just so that they get that's people right. who keep coming back. So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, and I really do think that's an amazing thing in its own way you know i believe that you know viticulture is the pinnacle of agriculture it is i think by far the highest value you know crop you can pull out of an acre of farmland it's very difficult to do but if you take it all the way through the process you bottle it you actually make the wine you sell it you know your margin can be incredible not so much in ontario because of the tax treatment here it's disgusting it's a whole nother podcast i think in its own right with (laughs) someone that's more of an expert on wine than i am i'm you know, maybe just a collector and, you know, passionate consumer, you know, I really think that we can just do better in the choices that we're making and in how we're consuming, you know, and and I think supporting the local winemaker is incredibly important. It helps the local economy. You know, our belief with June is that the future is local and that, you know, the world is deglobalizing and there's no better time to get to know a farmer. You know, and it's much better for the environment if you're buying wine from a local producer rather than shipping one from France. You know, there's a whole host of different you know problems here, but yeah, I think you know that kind of pursuit of making consistent product is incredible, again in its own right, because you know it's hard to do when you're not given the consistent raw materials on a year after year basis. You know, it's a different weather every year. You know, different yield every year different rain different heat you know so you're not getting a consistent raw materials to make your wine so you know you are having to make different kind of decisions in the winery to create a consistent product and it's amazing that you know some places can produce the volume that they do and it all tastes the same you know that's again i think that's amazing in its own right but i don't think that's wine and just like budweiser does it with their beer You know, it's amazing that they do however many billions of bottles of beer a year, and they all taste the same. That's incredible. But the amount of chemicals that have to go into that process, I think, is what makes that possible. And same thing with wine, same thing with your whiskey. You know, there's a whiskey producer in the US that they just told all of their suppliers of grains that you need to be a regenerative operation in the next five years, because otherwise we won't buy from you, because we're having to add so much. Yeah, During the process to make a consistent product because you're getting such poor quality inputs. They have to add other things to get the flavor to be the same, to get the alcohol to be the same, you know, rather than just starting with better quality raw material, they're having to make all these additions. So I think these clean wines, one of the beautiful things about them is they're different from year to year. Right. And as a wine collector, I think that's kind of interesting, you know, like if it's the same grape from the same region, you know, by the same producer, and 2014 was, you know, hot, 2015 was, you know, cooler, you know, yeah, you know what, I think that should taste different. You know, I'm sure they're both going to be good, but I'm okay if they're different because that's right. a natural product. That's part of what wine is yeah. or should be.
0: Yeah. And the way you've explained it kind of just, it makes more sense, it makes more common sense that it's better for the environment, it's better for the local farmers, it's better for just a whole host of reasons. And more specifically, you know, this is a health and wellness podcast. That's it's right. better for the consumer ultimately and their bodies, and so rather than adding these chemicals and these poisons essentially to the the product, let's clean it up and have less of an impact on our bodies ultimately.
1: Well, that's right, you know. And if you're going to drink wine, you know, you don't necessarily want to have the hangover with it, right? So, you know, it would be great to have more wine being made in this way, you know. And I think it's a really beautiful thing when you know you take a trip down to Niagara on the Lake or wherever you're from and go to the local winemaker and get to know them and, and talk about how they're farming and what they're doing in the vineyard and what they're doing in the winery. It's really cool if it's something you know you're into to go and do. And then, you know, that's kind of helped, you know, layer into our business where we're doing it on ranches with cattle and hogs and chickens. You know, these animals are being managed kind of with the land together as one cohesive system. And when that kind of care and thought is going into that production, you know, these products that are going to come out of the other end are just going to be that much better for you. And they're going to be better for the environment because, you know, you're not using the same amount of inputs, whether it's, you know, diesel use on the ranch or different chemicals into the cattle feed, you know, GMO seeds with the chickens and what they're eating. So again, you just start building this system that works within the larger natural system that the earth goes through every year you know the planet goes through you know these cycles and it's the mineral cycle it's the carbon cycle it's the rain cycle and rather than trying to you know disrupt those cycles with how we think we know how to farm as humans well why don't we just partner with those cycles and you know embrace those natural environments that have come together over the last few billion years of evolution on this planet, you know, there's all the R and D you need. <laughs> right. It's how the planet has come to be today. And it's got to figure it out over that time. So, you know, 40, 50,000 years ago, whenever we started domesticating animals and, you know, crops like this, we were arrogant back then too. We thought we knew better and, right. and then look what we've done, you know, we've created, you know, this climate challenge that's, you know, just incredible. And, you know, agriculture is a way, I think we can really make a difference. And the future of farming, I think, can subtract from, you know, the legacy load of emissions that have been put out over the last hundred years. So, no, I, I love think, that. Yeah. yeah,
0: no, and you know, as a former client of mine, how much I speak about being intentional and having a purpose, and this That's kind right. of what you're speaking about is, you know, being more intentional with how we farm, with how we raise crops and livestock, and all those sort of things. So. Maybe that's a good point to kind of pivot to what your journey has been. You know, yeah you speak very passionately about this process, about farming, about alcohol and the additives that go into that and how we can improve all of that. Maybe you could speak a little bit, Jordan, to kind of where you're at now, but also where you came from and some of your journey.
1: Yeah. So where I'm at today is, you know, probably the best shape of my life in a very long time. I'm happily engaged to the woman of my dreams and you know, I'm building this company, June, that really has potential to change the world. And, you know, Craig, our work together, I think, was a big part of getting me to this point because, you know, after an attempted basketball career, you know, I ended up having seven knee surgeries from, you know, different injuries, blowing out ACLs and patellar tendon, tip, fib fractures. Like, it was, you know, a real mess. Almost every other season, I was blowing a knee out. And uh, what happens then, you could get out of shape, which I did. And, you know, I had already started my career at that point, and, you know, things just kind of changed. So, you know, very fortunate to have, you know, been hooked up with you, you know, through another one of our mutual friends and clients. You know, he introduced us and you know, I think we discovered a lot by working together. I was able to significantly reduce the pain in my knees with every step that I take every day. And you know, I'm out there pounding the pavement, you know, building this business and you know, raising money. I'm always walking, you know, moving around, and I'm on my feet a lot. And if I'm not on my feet, I'm you know, on a plane or driving and sitting in traffic. So you know, I've got to, you know, not be in pain and, you know, reducing that pain just really helped my life. Getting the weight off is, you know, definitely a big part of that, you know, becoming more flexible through those routines that you gave me. Like that's, again, yeah, it's life changing. Really. So you're very
0: passionate about wine, right? And how is it that you're able to kind of manage the passion you have for drinking wine, tasting wine, and, you know, maintaining your health at the same time, right? Like, how do you balance that? What are some of the things that you've learned from the Spear method, but also just on your own in managing all that?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually sitting at my wine club right now in Toronto. This place kind of acts as my office while I'm downtown in the city. And it is an incredible place called Curitus. And, you know, between being a member here, being a client of yours, and then just, I think, spending time studying wine... I've got to a point where I want to drink less wine, but better wine. You know, I'm not drinking wine to catch a buzz. You know, I'm drinking wine because, you know, I understand it. I'm passionate about it. I love the taste, the different nuances and from the same grape in California versus Italy. And the compare and contrasting of that, I think, you know, that's really where you get to once you get into it. You're going to drink a lot less, but you're going to drink much better quality. And that doesn't mean it's got to be expensive wine. It just means you got to look at how it's being, you know, created, you know, and if you're into it, if you're a collector or a wine drinker, you know, yeah, spend the extra you know, few minutes to research, you know, how that vineyard is being managed and then how the wine's actually being made with those grapes. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to drink poison Yeah, and, you know, it's tough to say it, but. There's a lot of wine out there that's actually poison. And I'm sure that's the same as it is with beer and whiskey and the foods we eat too. You know, like Absolutely. there's more, more and more every day, you know, even different vegetables and produce, you know, your protein, you know, they're just not really that good for you anymore. So, you know, if you manage to stay out of the middle of the grocery store, just in the healthy sections, you know, fish counter, the meat counter and, you know, buying fruits and vegetables. And then you realize how those things are being grown. It's like, man, you don't really say the shit. You really got to get to you know, know a farmer or grow it yourself, right? Yeah. Because this industrialized commodity system that exists today is not there to make us healthier, right? And it's not doing that. It's there to, you know, make money, which is yeah. fine, but like make money the right way.
0: Yeah. And that's why I always preach, you know, even when it comes to the types of foods that we're eating as close to source, as much as possible, as best you can find, You know, When food is processed, it's had all these different chemicals added to it, and it's more concentrated, so it's going to have an even bigger impact on our overall system. So what you're speaking about is just another great example of you can enjoy finer things in life, you can enjoy alcohol, but be really careful as to what type of alcohol you're drinking, where it's coming from, and know your product ultimately, because it's not just the alcohol at the end of the day, it's everything else that's added to it. And and I think that's a lot right. of people overlook that when it comes to alcohol, especially wine, because they think, well, it's grapes, like it, you know, and they don't really right. understand the full process. It's ultimately manufactured, right? Stuff that's added exactly. to it, and it's a process. And the bigger the company, the bigger the facilities and the production, right? Chances are, the less close to source it is. So exactly. I, I really am so grateful for having you on today. To talk about that and give people a different perspective to think about. I'm not a wine drinker, I'm not a drinker at all, really, but this has been so eye-opening and I hope people who are listening to this really think twice about the type of alcohol they're drinking, the impact it's having on them, where it's coming from and that there are other options out there. So, thank you so much man for coming on the show for, you know, speaking about your passion and sharing this information with people. How can Someone learn more about what you're doing with June and connect with you if they want to connect with you and learn even more.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, please give my email and number to whoever could be interested. You know, we're just launching the social media for June. You know, in our newsletter, so you know, you can kind of follow that story. I'm going to be sharing a little bit. of a website. On my What's June's page. website? Yeah, we do. Yeah, JuneRegen.com. So that's it's a bit of a placeholder for now. We just launched this business, so we're. We're still scaling it up. And, you know, we've got the new website in development as we speak. So I think it's going to be an interesting thing over the next 10 years, 25 years, as the world de-globalizes, you know, this is going to become more and more important to know a farmer. So we can help connect you to farmers wherever you're from. There's a great organization called the Regenerative Farmers of America. Um, You know, they've got contacts that, again, can put you in touch with someone that's passionate about putting out more nutrient-dense, healthier foods that, Are good for us, but also good for the environment. Amazing.
0: Well, thank you so much, man. I cannot thank you enough for coming on and sharing all of this insight and information. It's been a pleasure.
1: Yeah. No, thanks for having me, Craig. Great to see you again. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you soon.
0: Thanks, man. If you're ready to step inside the arena and change the trajectory of your health, head on over to thespearmethod.com and download my free guide to learn simple and effective strategies on how to optimize your health today.